Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture, joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything lined up for tonight's edition of Friday Night Smackdown. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review the ratings rule of cinema theatre, but also Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Collision. Pay-per-views, premium live events. We also have wrestler interviews, roundtables, and a round of the week complete with the bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sidgwick, you're looking at me like you don't want to do this podcast anymore. I do, man, I do. Despite the fact I've sent you a lineup that shows, even in Wilborn's absence, this is just st- 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 stacked. Three of these matches have the potential to be horrendous. I'm yeah. actually quite looking forward to it on a perverse basis. And we get the next chapter in the Bloodline Saga that... Whoa, I just don't like it, man. It's, <laughs> it's not my kind of thing. I will praise elements of it. It got very wrestling-flavoured in January and February. Mm-hmm. That's when I was really into it. Well, not really into it, but yeah. more into it. And now it's just more uh, theatre. Theatre. I'm back suggesting that the bloodline is the actually good line, again, either side of Night of Champions, because I thought that match was boring. But the angle advancement was great um, within the match itself and in the run-up to it. Uh, and Roman Reigns is back again tonight, and he's pretty much been key to this being interesting again. If you remember the post-WrestleMania um, bloodline slump... That was bad. ...was when the Usos would be stood in the ring, and Paul Heyman would be like, Roman Reigns has told me he's going to deal with the problems, and then stare directly into the back of the heads of the Usos, and the Usos would look at Owens and Zane and go, yeah, the Tribal G's going to deal with the problems. What, we're the problem? It was pathetic. It was nonsense. And obviously the fact that Roman was off on his latest holiday with the belt made it even worse. Uh, I've quite enjoyed it since he's come back. He brings his usual trademark menace to proceedings. And last week, I was massively in favour of what I would consider, and this is the difference, actual developments in the story, not just repetition of exposition, not just staring at hands slash shoes, whatever you were instructed to do last week. We had two sort of big moments for it, I guess. One, I'm going to do this in reverse, because one was very pantomime pro wrestling. I I need all the help I can get. Yeah. One was very pantomime pro wrestling. Uh, You had Jey Uso in the main event fighting Austin Theory for the United States title, which Paul Heyman had set up as a blatantly obvious carrot and stick deal. You could be a United States champion, ruffle your hair. Come on, Jey, fall in line, that kind of thing. And um, Solo Sokoa came out to run a bit of interference. Jimmy came out to get Solo and errantly 
super kicked Jay, costing him the match, and then Jay was livid after the fact, and he's shoving Jimmy away, and Paul Heyman, to a degree, is stroking his chin, being like, this has worked out even better than I could have expected, the dissension between the brothers. That's very much, if that was the only thing that occurred, that would be, just go backstage and say it was a mistake. Yeah, and, and, you, and have the tape. Yeah, you don't need to make this enormous decision. It will probably have already been uploaded to YouTube Yeah, <laughs> by the time you need to, to clarify this. And I think you mentioned this on one of the other podcasts we did, how many like genuine Usos classics have we watched where they boot each other in the face in the heat of the action? And that's fine. I've they seen re- a million. reboot and then go back to winning the match. I've or seen do a whatever. million tag team matches like, that, in which this happens. That does not need to be the cause of a breakup. Um but I wonder if, and I'm going to give them some credit on this because of the development that came earlier, I wonder if that was thrown in to give Paul Heyman his false sense of security. Because earlier in the night, Jey Uso actually showed a bit of wisdom and backbone and agency. He said to Paul Heyman, oh, I like this US title crack, I'm looking forward to my title shot. Maybe you're right. But next week, when Roman returns, when the tribal chief is back, and if I really am going to be the tribal chief and take over from all of this one day, if I'm staying in the bloodline, you're out of it. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's a really good twist for a storyline that is just not particularly for me. Yeah. Because I like storylines that build to great wrestling matches, and I think every single wrestling match that the Bloodline are a part of unfolds in an identical way. I'm increasingly tired of the formula. So it's like watching something. uh, It's a professional obligation that I have zero emotional investment in because I'm sick of the ref bumps. Yeah. It's a story. I'm detaching myself from it. And I'm trying to put my business head on, my retention, ratings, grabs, hooks. That's some twist. That is some twist. And I guess, like, you need something like this from Jay Uso. I think the people who like the storyline would watch him stare at his feet sheepishly for, like, months, maybe even years at this point. That belt ceremony before even the Anglin advance was doing monster numbers, was it? Oh, I, I. Like the whole, They took half an hour instead of 15 minutes. You couldn't even measure it in quarter hours. You had to measure it in two. Yeah. Because people were that plugged in just watching him get a new title. The idea that Jay Uso is going to be the one that brings it all to an end, I think, is um, fantasy. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is evidence that, no, they do have big plans for him, and he is a huge focal point of WWE's plans going forward. I, I've, like Again, WrestleMania 39 was a lane in the sand <laughs> because that appeared, it just was incontrovertible proof to me that it's a teat that they wish to milk, and they will prolong it for as long as possible. So all of these fantasies about some meticulously planned endgame involving Jay Uso I just think are deluded, yeah. quite frankly. Um, if they wanted, if it was the old world and they couldn't afford because they required the money from the paying customer and not the rights fees, they would have strapped Cody up because he was the hot hand, he was the baby face. It was just time. Mm-hmm. And then it was this cruel reminder that there's no such thing as anybody's time really anymore. Um, like Batista and John Cena at Mania 21, Austin at 14. It was just their time, unfathomable that they would not win those matches. Yeah. And that was the same feeling I had about Cody. He's a draw. Everyone loves him. He's amazing. It's his time. And then he realized, oh, it's no one's time anymore because none of this matters. Mm -hmm. And this persistent nagging feeling that none of this matters has just nuked my investment in a storyline that I was more into than ever um, on the road to WrestleMania. 
Um, this is a decent twist, so much so that I can't really foresee where it goes. If I was interested in this on an emotional level, if the stylistic WWE approach to whatever they emulate as pro wrestling these days was for me, I'd be bang into this. It's a proper... Oh! Yeah. Did not see that coming. You've carved out a clear direction with stakes and genuinely, like, within this world, earth-shattering ramifications for the complexion of the bloodline. Here's how I would approach it. In the parameters of a preview, when I'm trying to work out and guess what happens next and whether it's a good idea and whether I like it. Ultimately, everything resets mm-hmm. with this bloodline thing. Or oh, there's this constant tension keeps looping. And I think at the absolute earliest, given that Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar are, in fact, working SummerSlam and Roman Reigns might be doing something or not, at the absolute earliest, they are only, in the event of like a massive injury to Roman or something like that, obviously, at the absolute earliest, they are not going to do something truly significant with the bloodline until on a permanent basis until WrestleMania 40. They might do the Usos versus Solo and, um, Solo and Roman at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But I think in the event that that match happens, and they've obviously built it, the stipulation will be you're in the bloodline. Like, you can't break away. Yeah. So maybe we'll get more and more agency from Jay. Maybe... Roman will respond to this ultimatum tonight and maybe you get the the idea that the bloodline is split and oh my god Heyman's out or Jay Uso's out and this is massive it all loops it always comes yeah. back together and that's just how this works so ultimately even if something happens here it will get undone mm-hmm. I get what you're saying I I quite like I, like they're kind of they're not um promoting an answer, the decision. It's not kind of in those, it's not being presented in those terms. And I wonder if as a result, it'll be that kind of half in, half out, to your point, that loop, a way that creates a way to kind of get back to this point in another three weeks or whatever. Because I wonder if rather than you getting an answer by the end of the SmackDown and Jay is in the black and white sort of thing, Jay being given a second week of agency and forcing Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns to both or either of them admit that they actually need each other? Because I think that's the interesting thing here, isn't it? He's created a situation where the pressure is now on Roman to drive who he wants. Like, he wants to have Jay fall in line. But if he stands in the ring with all of them and says, right, Jay, time to fall in line, Paul Heyman goes, "Uh, wait a second, Tribal Chief, that means I'm out. And then Roman, being all, like, bullish, and the Tribal Chief would be, well, I don't need you. I don't need you anymore. But he does. Yeah. He really needs Paul Heyman. So the two of them not wanting to admit just how much they're kind of codependent at this point and how fragile all this is gives Jay another advantage. I would quite like to see that. I want to see that little bit of push and pull with Roman and Heyman. The last time we saw it, it was, I, I thought the bloodline the Brock was just, stuff. Yeah, I thought it was flatlining until that point. And then Heyman, like Roman kind of making Heyman choose and Heyman then turning on Brock to kind of fight his way back in before it was too late was probably the best the bloodline got for a while. So I'd quite like to see that again. And maybe Jay and Jimmy's quote-unquote tension not necessarily being addressed until we've focused on, we've zoomed in on Roman and Paul for a bit. You know what else annoys me? On this really critically acclaimed (laughs) storyline that is doing great numbers for WWE. 
is that look at the stories and the allegations from multiple anonymous women, some women you know of, um, uh, between Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon, and Triple H, who between them are telling the story in some way, shape, yeah. form, or fashion. Kind of resent this idea that they're telling this years long, um, really gaslighting Im- angle. important story about gaslighting, abuse, and trauma. Mm. You think these three men, knowing everything we know about Vince McMahon, yeah, what doesn't get talked about enough about Triple H mm-hmm. and the outright nasty, vile carny that Paul Heyman was, yeah, a cult leader, mm-hmm. right. Not just with the fans, and not isn't he really charismatic? Like, no, 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 there's a cult ECW in a lot of respect. There's always a new story lurking around the corner, isn't there? We of had course, that in yeah. Dark Side last week with um, Tommy Stitch and Chris Candido mm-hmm. uh, and ECW's bouncing checks. Yeah, like, there's always a one around the corner. Where you're like, oh, that's uh, you'd always convince that's, them that's that a low move, Paul. You'd like, always yeah. convince them that there was something better. Yeah. Always convince them that there was something better. Um, which you know, it's abusive behaviour. Mm-hmm. The idea that these three between them are plotting this great. Story that you know when people say Hamman Page is the main character of AEW, yeah, and you get it because if you look at the first two years of that promotion's existence and how everything indirectly almost was based around the actual ascension, yeah, of Hangman Page, like even when he wasn't in the title picture, everything from Jericho to Moxley to Omega. All of that happened so that Omega could be the one to build mm-hmm. Hangman Page. Like that, um, the full gear shot of him in the tunnel. They completely changed the, um, or built to rather, the trajectory of the two main tag and singles world titles because it was all about Hangman Page. And people say he's the main character. The idea that Jay Uso is the main character of WWE and all of this exists to have him topple Roman Reigns um, to complete this story where he can finally break the cycle of abuse. The the idea that WWE are penning this, <laughs> I find genuinely like almost insensitive, yeah. if not absolutely deluded. Yeah, like a company with historic toxic storytelling as well. Like historic, there's just so much. They don't even know they're doing it no, half of the time. Their that's value how, system yeah, is... That's how ingrained it is in their value system. They yeah. do not even know they're doing like pretty rotten babyface arcs mm. and babyface have babyfaces have these patterns of behavior. That's just a fiction of it. And it's dictated like almost all pro wrestling as well. Even AEW has fallen into the traps and we've kind of flagged it up when it's happened. Yeah. It's like because it's been the market leader for so long, it's dictated how wrestling booked for so long how it booked women, for example. Just as what and there's millions of examples. Yeah. That's uh you know, I thought I'd bum you out because usually you and Wilborn get really happy on these previews and look forward to the show. Yeah, I do. Well, I mean, you know, there's like two awesome shows on Rampage this weekend, so there's so much kicking around that we can look forward to. Not being funny, but like that joke gonna, doesn't even work. Do. Doesn't even work this week. I, well, I know because you're going to argue ridiculously because we're already developing a new culture war yeah. that Rampage is goaded and Collision's rubbish or something. Anyway, it is. Anyway, it's not. Anyway, speaking of um, Rampage, looks better in the ring than Collision. No, speaking and I know of, that won't matter. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, it's just because it's got Will Ospreay. Speaking of toxicity in wrestling, anyway, moving on to. Uh, I was talking about uh, Bandido and Takeshita. Bandido would never book anyone bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Speaking of tosses in wrestling, Ronda Rousey and people that go in wrestling, Shayna Baszler uh, put their... I'm glad you mentioned that because Ronda Rousey said some things. Yeah, she's uh, not cool. Um, you can't win in a culture war. You do a, this is a bit between me and Hamlet, by the way. gross. <laughs> you can't do it, man. You can't, like, you can't win in anything for no. sake. Twenty percent of me still follows Newcastle United, right? Just right, as a yeah. little diversion. So you can't say oh, Will Osprey. Heard the stories about him on oh, no, a Ronda Rousey. He just can't do it. There's a um, so twenty percent of me still follows Newcastle. It's an unbreakable bond, and if you know, you know why I picked that twenty percent. It's a way of sort of retaining what you once had versus what's been taken off you. Yes, and twenty percent. If you look at the ownership structure. It's my way of justifying a light investment that keeps me in touch with my friends and family on that basis. So what's the Newcastle that you talk about? But I know what's wrong with it. I'm yeah. fully aware. I do not like it. So we got linked with a uh, midfielder from the Bundesliga. I cannot pronounce the guy's name. And uh, it was revealed, because everyone looks at everything, that uh, he'd made some pretty sus and like genuinely unpleasant... Um, like retweets on his Instagram stories and like he was Ugh. just following and sort of posting stories in support of just the worst transphobes. Mm. And then in the small pocket of Newcastle United Twitter that I just follow with a glance every now and then, people were like, don't want someone like that in my club. It's a shame that he's getting signed. It's like, do you know who's running it? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's you, it. Yeah, you yeah, like... know who you can. Uh, Small well, picture is just as bad as the big picture. Every picture is bad. I was um, I was baffled. I couldn't. I couldn't believe what I was reading. There like was you a, cannot say you don't want that at the club. Yeah, but the people who are financing it are like worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was a. There was a. John Ronson did a series of Radio Four documentaries called "Things Fall Apart," and it was all about culture wars and like the origin story of it through to present day and like the first ones and. How, like, obviously people didn't have the term culture war up until a few years ago, but you can see how they were starting to develop over the decades. And then he was said that the nicest feedback he got was from an episode he did from the late 70s, I think, or early 80s, where, like, there was a famous... Um, our American listeners might even know this. I believe she was called Tammy Faye Baker, but she was a very famous um, religious... A TV presenter in the era where, like, there was a lot of money to be made from, like, obviously some hucksters and religious fundamentalists, but she was a more gentler version of that for uh, the predominant Christian right of America, shall we say. And she had on um, a patient who had AIDS when the AIDS epidemic was like just swarming across America and creating a culture war of its own, again, which people didn't have the language for. And they bonded, and she tried to humanise this patient with AIDS to an audience that were kind of leaning against being anywhere near somebody with AIDS with a lack of understanding of what the disease exactly was and indeed how they'd maybe got that disease or whatever. And he said that the feedback he was getting was that people had to like pull over in the cars listening because they were crying because they were so upset. And he came to realise that like that versus all the other episodes that were just strictly about these people being bad to each other was because like all of us at this point are basically just crying out for a bit of togetherness yeah. because everything has become, well, there's that compromise. There's that thing getting ripped away. Do you like that thing? Here's three pretty good objective reasons why you can't. So that's gone as well. There's just about nothing left. Yeah. So like any time. nothing left. I've got nothing left. So any time something feels remotely, I don't know, like meaningful, just earnestly meaningful and fundamentally good, then you kind of cling to it in yeah. day life, which is perhaps why I'm so positive about SmackDown. 
No, anyway. All him and books it, man. Well, well, yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing about the culture war is that for your own sanity and mental health, the best thing to do is ignore as much of it as you can. Yeah. That's the worst thing to do ethically. And yes. then, even then, you can't do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> so you feel complete, it's futile. Oh, God, it's Ignorance is bliss. And then look at yourself later on in the mirror and call yourself ignorant. And you're yes. terrible for it. It's yes. great. Um, what won't be great like is passive the, to it all. What won't be great is the tag team unification match No, tonight. it won't. But I'm looking so forward to burying it as a bit of light relief. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, um, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions who have promised to fix the division. Ronda Rousey has been very vocal about what she believes has been, and she, like she's right about this, but I don't know if she's going to do anything to change this. The um, blatant disregard shown to these. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Belts for years, pretty much. Taking them, I can say this because he's not here, taking my Sash from Bailey to give the Iconics was the beginning of the end and they were a month old. That was it. Like there was say a, when he's here anyway. He needs to stop. Pretty much no he way needs back. Needs to be stopped. No way back from there. And uh, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire hold the equally redundant NXT Women's Tag Belts, and there's going to be a unification tonight. The match is probably going to go. Can only go one way realistically. Um, but that in itself is kind of stupid because yes, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are just hard as nails and have got this massive MMA background. But MMA can't compete with corruption. We've seen Isla Dawn tap a referee's leg. And make him spit out goo. Just do that to Ronda Rousey and Shayna yeah, no. and you'll win. And you'll win. Alba Fire used to be able to set her baseball bat on fire as a way to send messages to people. Just do that to the ropes. I'm 
like there's a lot of talent in this ring. Completely wildly There is quite a bit actually, yeah. Yeah. Wildly, wildly um broken within that system. Is it fair to say this is almost a twenty eighteen dream match? You take Kaylee Ray, twenty eighteen oh, yeah. form Ronda and Shayna. I don't know what Isla Dorm was up to at that point, truthfully, but this is like Triple H should put this on a pay per view, wouldn't he? It's a revolution. Some nerd has probably made a custom thumbnail yeah, yeah. lurking in the recesses <laughs> of uh, Google putting this match over in a in a alternate universe very, very close to our own. Okay. This match could be excellent. This match will be terrible. Yeah. I'm perversely looking forward to the idea of this match because I can readily imagine now what the producers are telling the talent and how to like sort of act and how you you know portray your character in this match because you've got Ronda Rousey and Shayna who like do strikes they are meant to carry themselves as these ass kicking legitimate combat athletes in the world of WWE and you've got uh Isla Dawn who <laughs> screams a lot <laughs> when she's selling her she is I don't know if it's a choice or if she's told to like, you know, be big out there. You know, I don't know why she screams and wails when she's taking chops, but that's what she does. <laughs> that is how she takes knife edge chop. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine her being told, oh, you're in there with like these like You've got so a good Z from Police Academy. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. What <laughs> so you're in there with two ass kicking combat athlete machines, and they're the hardest people in the division, so you really have to sell for these. Mm. Okay. Sasha <laughs> <laughs> she sells. It's weird. I got it, boss. Yeah, WWE's stupid. They <laughs> do these stupid things. And uh, I, this match could be funny, is what I'm trying to say. I think so. I'm, I'm well up for the bit where the ass kicking MMA enthusiasts and the. Real life witches, yeah, yeah. Do a uh, my god, what a battle! Stand up in the ring, face off. You know, like war games divider. This could be moment. one of the most corny moments yeah. of the year. Like, or it could be really bland. And the fighters like do the knuckle up pose, and then the witches both go, and then they collide. Oh my god, which way is it going to go? The little finger mischievously <laughs> pulling at the bottom lip. <laughs> this could either be really bland, mm-hmm. or. It could be um, perversely entertaining. And because it's WWE and their stupid approach to characters, and say, give me a game, um, it could be incredibly just there. Just there. No way Dawn and Fire win, is there? Uh, no, no, there isn't. No, not a chance, which takes away the suspense too. Uh, right, I'm going to come back to something for the end of the podcast, just to give something to talk about. But the um, I'm going to move on to a match that I actually am genuinely quite looking forward to. I've been a, a bit of an advocate for Triple H Brackets General because he's a game, but also the tag division that I think he's like quietly said. He doesn't get a lot of credit. He gets credit for the wrong things in wrestling Twitter, in my opinion. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a lot of praise that is showered upon Triple H for stuff that I think is well, fine. But I think the tag division is pretty great. Vince always hated tags. Triple H always quite liked them based on the evidence of him booking in NXT. And he's taken that to the main roster. I think there's evidence of this in this match. You've got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn who are now in need, not just of new challenges, but of like a direction. They've actually, as baby faces, done what they said they were going to do, won the belts and like seen off the bloodline from ever getting any more shots. A genuinely quite impressive victory for two faces to get. And now they need challenges. So SmackDown has lined them up at least one tonight. The LWO, uh, pretty deadly. Yes, boy! Yeah, the Street Profits... Seamus and Ridge Holland from the Brawling Brutes and the OC, 
We'll have. I've got here number one contenders tag gauntlet. I have seen the gauntlet OC. and multi man. No, no, you'll put this down. tag team division over. Yeah, and you'll see. Are there? I know. I know. I think in another. Um, in another timeline or another universe, whatever it is, it probably would have been like Braun Ricochet and Braun's away, isn't he? So Ricochet's doomed on Raw as a result. But um, I like pretty deadly. What like just running down like through them, with the exception of the OC, obviously at the moment, the LWO have really like found themselves post backlash. They were there to lose a lot on the way to backlash, but yeah. backlash really highlighted how effective that act had been. And we've got like a, there's a Mister and Mrs Money in the Bank angle running into Money in the Bank for those. Uh, pretty deadly have started really strong on SmackDown. They they are elevating Austin Theory. Wrong way around, but we knew that would happen. Uh, the Street Profits, uh, the Street Profits, which I know it sounds like one of them lazy podcaster takes, but at this point, like they never offer anything new because they kind of don't have to. Yeah. So established, they could both split and be singles, whatever. And yeah, I'm going to ignore the OC. This brawling brutes pair is more interesting for Pete Dunne being in Money in the Bank. I think Sheamus dropping back to potentially just try and have a couple of tag rippers alongside Ridge Holland is a far more interesting way than seeing Pete and Ridge on job and duty. Yeah, yeah. So I do quite like the look of this. I don't hate it. <laughs> it, I think you're wildly overstating how good this division is. Um, uh, right, who's going to win this? <clears throat> is it the best tag division in North American wrestling at the moment? AW barely has one. Yeah, I can't, like, impacts praised for its usual stuff and the tag division isn't one of them, is it? Like, there's like there's great champions. In, yeah. In I, it's, uh, it's fairly bleak in AEW because the trios division has sort of diluted it. Um, like, as much as I like Jeff Jarrett's gang, almost in spite of myself at various points, mm-hmm. they are just, that's the division. Yeah, you couldn't go with anyone else for double or nothing. Yeah, it's weird, like, because that, that tag team division is just them because they had the program with the acclaimed, and now that there's another face tag team with the belts, they get the program. It's just them, in much the same way that the TNT title is like Wardlow. Mm. Um, it's all very odd. Um, LWO, I like. Pretty Deadly, I love. Street Profits, I'm a little bit bored of. Brawling Brutes kind of exist for me, and the OC are the OC. So it's uneven, but in terms of this match, rather than a big treatise on the um, division at large, this should be fun. The only problem... I can foresee is that this has got the kind of match where Michael Cole screams its importance yeah. into existence, even if it's just about three stars. Like the more action packed and frantic and closer to the end it gets, like that's a lot of Michael Cole screaming to en- to endure on this show. Um, I would, because the interactions would be incredible have pretty deadly win. Yeah. Not just personal bias. So if I'm looking at this um, from a booking POV, right, Would you, is this for, like, the Money in the Bank shot? Well, I was... Uh, that's what I was looking at earlier on, and I can't find it. There is a... It'll be a tag title shot down the line. So there's the SmackDown before Money in the Bank on the Friday where they'll be doing Charlotte versus Asuka that they might want to put something else on. Or there's Money in the Bank itself in front of that hot Pretty deadly... Crowd. It'd be in fun, London. wouldn't it? It'd be really fun. They'd have to heal on that crowd. You can't. Maybe you can. Maybe you can flip the alignments one night. I you don't could know. just play with it and yeah. just come what may. Like the idea of. It's not like Zane and Owens couldn't just flip if they had to. Oh, of course. They've got yeah, they're absolute they, pros. Yeah. They're masters. Um, modern great. Steen is a heel. Steen. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of message board. Yeah. 
WWE should turn Steen heel again. Uh, Owens is a heel, as Steen in particular, was tremendous. They could do loads with this, and they could, like, when wrestlers say, you know, we just were, went the way of the crowd, it just directed us. Yeah. That usually means that they've got, like, a back plan. Aye, there's two matches. That there's two matches. Where, match. what's, where's the crowd? Oh, I'll just do that one then. Yeah. That's what it means, for God's sake. It's not some, like... Yeah, you feel it when you're out there. And you've just... and Steamboat would, like, criticise, like, the notes guys, Randy Savage or whatever, and it's like, me and Ricky, we didn't, like... We, were, we didn't know what we were going to do out there each night. We wrestled each other 400 nights a year. Well, you had a pretty good idea, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. the 400 matches a year you had, so... There's basically which way this crowd's going. Um, it can only go two ways, basically, so let's have two matches. Yeah. We could just do that. Yeah. Hey, we called that one on the fly. Uh, no, I think the match will be decent. WWE, as much as I, you know, I am me about it. Whenever there's, like, lots of people in the ring, or there's going to be lots of people in the ring, and they could do a gauntlet. Yeah, they're not bad with them, are they? Oh, what was your rule? Five or more? Five or more in the ring. Five or more, I guess, good. Uh, oh, shame then, because we'll stick with the OC and move to Karrion Cross and Scarlet <sighs> versus AJ Styles and Meechin. Cedric, just to remind you, I know you saw it, but just to remind you, last week, Karrion uh, Cross, having been soundly beaten by AJ Styles... On... After giving him the ominous tarot card, yeah. which is not ominous, it's a flyer, it's a flyer. On the Smackdown before Night of Champions, which you can still watch us react to live in Las Vegas on a stream kicking around on our YouTube channel somewhere, AJ beat him relatively easily. But we're back again because Scarlet Blue, orange mist in AJ's face, potentially blinding him. We don't know if that's going to lead to actual damage here or if it's just it was weird in the moment. But they're going to have a, a mixed tag tonight. And it's going to be bad. Well, it's going to be quiet. Yeah. And it's going to be bad. Like, Karrion Cross is not a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlet is not a wrestler. Not really. Michin is not over. Yeah, uh, AJ Styles is uh, um, <laughs> he's just not very good anymore. I don't think. I just he used to be amazing. He yeah. has shown glimpses of being amazing in WWE. I think his run is one of the most overrated WWE runs ever. If you stack up all the evidence and don't cherry pick it for engagement on Twitter, and it would take a 2014 New Japan level performance from AJ to make this anything less than supremely forgettable and the baby faces are going to win. I might get savaged for this because I mean this is both an insult and a compliment and AJ Styles fans can take this however they want. I think AJ Styles might be a work rate miss. He is so fantastic that one thing he was fantastic at almost overnight, was picking up what WWE style was. Yeah, WWE yeah. style, more often than not, requires you to be dull rather than exciting. And he is so malleable as a wrestler, just like when he jumped from, well, when he left TNA and went to New Japan. So he knows that, how to phone it in. That required, yeah, that required a shift in what he did regularly and what he did well um, between TNA and New Japan. Yeah. And then moving to WWE, again, required that shift. And he knew he needed to excite and he needed to, like, just... I don't know, prove to anyone that had never seen him in the stands who he was. But then he also knew who his boss was. Yes. So then he was, and look, there's no shame in working for your boss. But like, that was what he decided to do. And thus he found his compromise. I would argue for some of his 2016, but beyond that, like, he, he found his compromise and it was well below what people know of AJ Styles. Yeah. So they put that goat emoji there before they actually watch the PLC 2018 is goat. <laughs> that match is so fantastic. 
Frick, it's good. I was thinking of a... Look, it's a match with Karrion Cross in it. How good's it going to friggin' be? Yeah, it's a little bar, isn't it? I was thinking of 17 there, but that was... It was it 16 or 17 where he fought Ambrose and his uh, trunks got ripped. And it was like his ass was hanging out all the way through. I think, I it, was think it was 16, yeah. yeah. Um, Money in the Bank preview match. There's, there's not much... It's Zelina Vega versus Eo Sky. They're both... Um, they're both kind of the favourites, actually, in the women's one because Zelina wants to do the LWO momentum shtick. And EO Sky, as we reported on the news this morning, is apparently in line for the lot. Oh, like, great. Deserves it. Big Money in the Bank win. Well overdue. Big title programme with Asuka. Big title reign. It's, it's, like, it's apparently all coming EO's way. Wonderful. Like, they set up the damage control split, a backlash when Bailey bodged the interference. Um... These singles matches are the ones where the where the wrestler's task is as anything else to just prove that the faith is worth it, isn't it? Not that she should need to. She's years into it at this point. The faith should come from years and years and years of really like great service. But if they're saying, right, we're going with you, now is the time to just like start taking a fairly standard TV match and elevating it, isn't it? Yeah, this will be this will do well to be uh, average. Zelina Vega's not good. Not great, no. She's not great as a wrestler. Mm. Great in another role. I'm not going to be completely nasty. Um, she's not good in the ring. And this match could do well to be more than perfunctory. Who wins? What's the last question? <laughs> like, obviously, Eel Sky is going to win. Well, is it obvious, though? Because don't they need to, like... Is she already qualified for money in the back? They're both in. All right, okay. Does Alina Vega right, need okay. this in that WWE? Wow, this is all it takes. And she doesn't even need to pin anyone's shoulders in London, England. It would be very WWE to try and insult your intelligence by having <laughs> Zelina Vega go over EO Sky. Or Bailey botching the interference. Oh, to advance that. Well, yeah. something, something will happen. Something, something, something will happen. Speaking of something happening, Sige, um, that's not been the case on any main roster edition of the Grace Muller effect so far. Oh, uh, what yeah. are What are they doing to our boy? <laughs> like, it's just, he stands there. Like, we joked, right, that the Miz should feel under pressure. Because Grace Moller's landed, and they've at very least found a better him. And uh, that might like, sound like an insult to Grace Moller or some, but like the chat show was more entertaining than Miz TV. He's shown a bit more spring in his step in ring than Miz wants yeah, or needs to at this point, yeah. Uh, and yet, it somehow ended up worse than Miz TV because on Miz TV, the Miz is all over it. There's been two Grace Moller effects, and he's had virtually nought to do with it. The only thing that's been Grace Moller effect adjacent is those little messages at the bottom that he's clearly rigged to be putting him and him alone over. Yeah. It's been for the other wrestlers. I don't foresee a Charlotte Flair one booking that trend. Like he's, so not gonna, he's not going to bury Charlotte Flair, is he? Oh, Charlotte, you stupid idiot. Sam <laughs> Queen, where's the throne? Like, in NXT, he was a savage oh, to these right people. Then. Like, it was somehow wrestlers like AJ Styles could come down to NXT and be forced into his domain. And he was given all the agency and all the power in the segment. He's not getting that here, is he? No, he isn't. I don't get what they're doing with him, and it's just, it's wild where if you thought that within weeks at this point, maybe months, our Grayson Waller is not even that good a heel on SmackDown. It's all very watered down. He plays it almost straight. And on the Grayson Waller effect against one of the biggest stars in the company, he's going to be the babyface. Because people don't like Charlotte Flair's babyface character. Yeah, If you're... Booking a segment of television that you hope to accomplish one or two things at once. One of them is to keep developing this Grayson Waller character and sh- displaying him to the main roster. And the other is to advance whatever's going on with Charlotte. If you've booked a segment of TV 
in which Grayson Waller will come off as the more likable performer in it. You've had an absolute nightmare, and you deserve to be shot. I think he ends up being the clown. I think Asuka, like Charlotte says next week, or Money in the Bank week, I'm winning the title. Queen doesn't stand in a line. She is the line or whatever stupid bit of dialogue. And then Asuka comes out, they fight, and then Charlotte ducks the mist and Grayson gets it. You can see him rolling around on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Mist in his eyes. Um, the show is so boring. Or it hasn't happened yet. Or it might, be, it might be great. Could she interrupt? She's none too pleased that Charlotte has skipped the line. If anything, it's more egregious that she skipped the line towards Bianca than it is towards Asuka. Asuka's like, yeah, all right, I'll fight you. Like, there's, there's a, people are pretty hyped for a potential three-way oh. between the three of them. Have they done it before? I don't know. Yeah. Feels like they've done every single match before, but that yeah. one, not so much. And I think a little bit of that is because people are genuinely nervous that Charlotte beat Asuka in two weeks. Yeah. Like, there's that stress now. She generates that anxiety like a few others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good emotion, but WWE... It's not a good television show. It's the one they're best at treating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that a specific emotion? Yes. Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah. It's not a good TV show. Well, do you agree? You don't get a choice because I tend to forget to tweet the links to the podcast. But I'll you do can, it today. You can let us know in your, our apps, I suppose, as long as you're kind about it. We'll have chats with you. Um, if you want to f- talk more about SmackDown, I feel like after this podcast you might not do, but we welcome it nonetheless. It's boring television, man. More people need to talk about this. It's the market leader producing absolutely bang average at best outside of one bloody angle television. It's not good enough. Yeah, if you're one of the 2.9 million that disagree for some reason, I don't know myself sometimes. I like it, but not as much as that. Um, You can find us all on Twitter. Where can they get you, Michael Sidgwick, at... M. Sidgwick. I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, you I was, completely botched I was it. Staring at Zelina Vega versus Io Sky and thinking, pervert. I don't want to watch that match. Uh, I'm at Michael Hamlet. I'm not a pervert. Uh, you can find <laughs> us all at One Culture WWE. Yes. Uh, yes. Stick along around this afternoon. We're going to have the uh, preview of the first ever episode of Collision. We're going to botch together a version of Wrestle Culture, but Nicholas and Phil will be around and they're the regulars in it. We'll do on that one. Um, and then we'll be back with the reviews of all the shows we're previewing today next week while Wilborn's still on his holiday. In the meantime, thanks for spending your day with us. And until next time, we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.